Live from the Pacific Northwest, it's Portland Story Theater's Urban Tellers. Real. True. Stories. May the narrative be with you. So I was folding clothes in my walk-in closet in my 1920s Northeast house, and it's a tiny walk-in closet. And all of a sudden, my cell phone rings, and I'm like, it's 12 o'clock in the afternoon on an August day. Who can that be? And I look at the number, and it's home. It's Karachi, Pakistan. And my mind starts doing these calculations. It's 13 hours ahead. My God, that must be, it's 1 o'clock in the morning. Oh my God, my heart starts beating and my breath starts getting faster. I wonder who is calling me, what news is on the other end of this line? And I start to freak out. I take a deep breath and I pick up the phone and it's my sister. And I can hear her voice and she says, Sabina. And I'm like, Mario, what's wrong? I knew it, something was wrong. And she's like, Mom fell down, she was at work, she fell on really badly, and she's in the hospital. All of a sudden, the walls of my walk-in closet start to sort of close in on me, and I, the worst thought comes into my mind, and I'm like, oh my God, what does this mean? Is she okay? All these thoughts are in my mind, and I'm like wondering what's gonna be next out of my sister's mouth. And she says, Sabina, mom broke her arm, and six different places, from her shoulder all the way down to her wrist. She's been in surgery for six hours and she's lost a lot of blood and she's in a lot of pain and it's bad, but she's gonna be okay. At that point, I had no relief. I was just freaking out. All these questions were in my mind, like why did she black out? Why did she fall? How did this happen? When did this happen? So when I said to my sister, Mario, when, when did this happen? How did this happen? And she says to me, four days ago. And I'm like, what? Four days ago? What is wrong with you? Why, why could you not tell me sooner? And I'm thinking in my head in that very moment, four days ago, what was I doing? Picking up my kids from daycare, having coffee with my girlfriends, folding more clothes, laughing while my mother is in a hospital, my American mother in this hospital in Karachi, Pakistan, where they don't even have enough morphine. And her blood pressure is so low that she can barely like sit up in her hospital bed. Like, Moria, how could you not tell me? How could you not tell me this news? And she says, well, there's nothing for you to do and you're not here. You're not here. Those words resonated with me and they became that trigger. That trigger for all those years of feeling lost and abandoned and scared as a young girl. I left Karachi when I was 17. And I remember the day, I was so excited. I was going to go to college in America and I was on that plane and I wasn't going to look back. But a lot of that time afterwards, there's the loneliness. There's those missed calls. There's not being there at my openings and not being there for my events and then just not picking up the phone and connecting. We're a family that just doesn't connect. When we're apart, we're apart. It's like we don't really exist. And I remember my dad, before I left on that plane, he was like, Sabina, Sabina, don't go. 
like, why, Dad? What's wrong? And he's like, you know, when I left, my father died of a heart attack, and I'm going to die of a heart attack if you leave. <laughs> I go 
wrote love letters to him every single day. I'm like, really? And she said, yeah. And I was like, okay, you can write me an email love letter. <laughs> so she said, okay, I will. And then we talked, and we had a heart to heart. We talked about our health, we talked about exercising, we talked about art, and we really connected. And we, that relief that I really wanted all of a sudden was there. She revealed to me a little bit of her heart, and I revealed some of my heart. And it was that moment of coming together and being really safe and happy and connected. And that night, I felt so connected to my mother. And the next morning, when I took her to the airport this winter, this very January morning, we it was a lot easier to say goodbye to her because those 8,000 miles didn't seem to stretch so long because we had seen each other's hearts and we were going to hold that space. So I drive home, get back into my routine, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know if she's going to write that love email. And so, you know, days go by, and it's about day five, day six, and I'm like, I should just write it first. No, I need to be the person who does initiate. So I'm about to write it, and guess what? In my inbox, there's that letter which says, hi, just hi. And I'm like, click on it, and it's an email about what she just did for the last five days, because it is a 40-hour journey, and you have to sleep, and there's all this other stuff that happens along the way, and you have to sort of catch up. And you're 74, you're really, it's tiring. So she wrote that email, and I wrote back. And now, when I think back to that August day and that phone call that I got, in a, in a minute, all that helplessness came to the surface. But I know, I know that I may never be there in time to say my last goodbyes to her. I know that things can change, and I have no control over it. But what I do know is that every moment counts. Every single moment. And I don't want to waste another one. So I will keep writing, because even though my mother is out of sight, she's very much in my heart. <laughs>